Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I am Cynthia Garrett, and I'm actually um, excited today, which is kind of odd because I got to tell you, after last week's Girl Club, um, I, I didn't even know if I could show up this week and, and get through the rest of the summer. But God is good. You know, God is good. And he somehow manages to give us what we need to get through another week, right? Um, joining me today in studio, I'm I'm always excited when the whole crew is here because we started this thing together and we have muddled through so much together and we're still together and the enemy hasn't been able to break up what what God seems to have joined together. So that makes me very grateful and very happy for the sisterhood that I have in your three co-hosts who are here today, Christina Boudreaux, Christina Reynolds, and Nova Page. By now, you guys have all fallen in love with them as much as I have. And there they are. Now, for those of you who are live in studio with us, you now get to see them all on screen. And I love all of your hellos and your comments coming in. Anna, why don't you run those on screen so we can begin to see who's joining us this morning. For those of you listening on podcast, good morning to you too. Sorry, but you really don't get to see what's going on live unless you tune in to Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel where you can type in your questions and you can ask us whatever you want in real time. Um, But that's okay. For those of you listening on podcast, you get the benefit of learning from everything that's happening in studio. And um, we're glad that you're with us. However, you're listening, whatever platform you're on. If you're on any of the Salem media platforms, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And please make sure you check out some of the special offers that we have going on through the ministry on the Salem media platform. So, okay, I just want to get to the point of what we're going to talk about today. Because before I play this video that I really think is going to be a huge blessing to everyone listening, everyone watching, um, I, I got to start out by saying I had a, so I had a crazy weekend. Um, and, and over the weekend, you know, part of what I'm doing is I'm kind of driving, you know, my husband certain places now while he, he can't jump on an airplane so easily right now. And so, um, we were in, uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, actually. And we were praying, Saturday morning, we woke up, we were praying about something and I was kind of, you know, Lord, we need an answer to this. Just speak right now, Lord, let us know what you think. And it was one of those. And sometimes, you know, in a word of knowledge or in a word of prayer, you get an answer, right? But I've been feeling honestly for the last month, like God wasn't really speaking to me. Um, all through this, the, the the surgery and the cut jugular vein and the hospital and all of the mess that's gone on with my husband's health, I just really haven't felt like I've heard from the Lord, and that's that's been that's been really hard because, you know, when you're going through stuff, you want to feel like the Lord is listening and He sees you and He's there, and so I was feeling really kind of lost and abandoned on Mars with that issue, 
So here we are this morning and I, or Saturday morning, and I really needed an answer to something. So Roger and I are praying and I heard audibly, <laughs> I do not speak on cue. And I was like, whoa. And then I heard it again. God does not speak on cue. And then I began to repent. And I started really, like I was really filled with the spirit of repentance. Like, Lord, I am so sorry. Who am I? I'm like asking you to speak right now, giving you the three minutes of time I have. I need an answer so I can move on with the rest of the day. Like, this is horrible. Like, who am I to come before you, the creator of the universe, and command that you speak to me on time? Who are we to do this to you, any of us? And I just got so convicted of, and, uh, and repented. And then I was, I finally, you know, I prayed through all of that. And I was like, you know what, Father, if you don't want to speak, you don't want to speak. I'm still your servant, you know, and I don't know how I'm going to do this without your voice, but I'll wait for you. You know, I was like, I'll wait. I'll just wait, like, until maybe you have something to say to me. And um, I kind of let it go there. And then I walked out of the hotel. We had to leave, get in the car and leave. We walked out of the hotel and there's this beautiful man, this older black gentleman. He's like a light bulb right? Full of the presence of God. And he walks over, he knows my husband because my husband's there regularly. And, and his name is Bill. And Bill drives him around all the time and helps him when he's in Baton Rouge. It's my first time going to this particular project site. So it's all new to me. And so he looks at me and he, he says, he starts talking to me. He says, whoa, you're the wife. Whoa, the glory of the Lord's all over you. Whoa. And I'm looking at him like the glory of the Lord. No, I think like, like the leftovers of the Lord are on me right now. Like I'm not feeling the glory of much except sadness and questions and resolve that I just have to like sit in this, right? And um, he says to me, what's your name? Because he didn't know my name from me or from Roger. And I said, Cynthia. And he said, Cynthia, Psalm 27. So I look at him and he goes, Psalm 27. He goes, that, that is for you. And I was like, Okay. And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm saying. I was looking at your name in my book and it says Psalm 27. And I'm looking at him like you're looking at my name in your book. So he goes over behind wherever his workstation is and he pulls out this book of names and what they mean to the Lord and like maybe their origin or their roots or their, and he's on the page with the C's and it's on my name, Cynthia. And it says Psalm 27 next to my name. And he has it highlighted. And he looks at me and he goes, do you hear me? So I'm like, now I'm starting to kind of like, wait, wait, whoa. I'm starting to. So he reads Psalm 27 to me. He's like, you do understand what it says. And I'm like, okay. Then he gives me, then he says, I need you to read something else. And then he gives me this other thing. It's a daily devotional called Letters, Letters from God. But he only uses it. He said, the Lord has him only use it when he feels people, when he's let that people need a word from the Lord about, about themselves specifically. He gives me this passage to read. I, I mean, I'm now I'm wrecked, you know, I'm cause I'm like, okay. And it, and it, and it's pretty heavy, you know, about how the enemy has attacked and, you know, like a lion, like a lion's mouth has sought to rip my life to shreds from the day I was born and how, um, from the womb, 
he started the war over me and um but how god was restoring and how you know and 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 it basically asked two questions can you believe this and can you trust me you know and and i'm like sitting there going can i trust your voice lord can i believe that this is your voice so you know we we have this time of fellowship <clears throat> which was very encouraging we leave we drive home we wake up yesterday morning now because we get in at like one in the morning. We get up Sunday morning and we're getting ready to go to church. <clears throat> Bishop Garland, I don't know if any of you listening have ever heard of Bishop Garland, but he's like, he's an 85-year-old black man and can't nobody preach like an 85-year-old black man <laughs> who's lived for the Lord his whole life. You know, he's just the most beautiful little sweet man and his wife in all her purple and her big hat with her sequins shoes and, you know, and they're just like, they just walk in the love of the Lord. You know, that's their, that's their thing. And, and he's quite well known in, in, in um, a lot of streams of ministry. And he's just an amazing pastor and man of God. And so he was a guest to speak. And Bob Hazlitt actually was also there. Um, shout out to Bob, who's a really wonderful prophetic voice out there. Anyway, Bishop Garland says, I want you to listen. First, I'm going to play this video for you. He goes, and then when you watch this video, he goes, I want to teach from this video today. And he goes, and it's about hearing the voice of God. So I'm like, okay, okay, this is interesting. So from that standpoint, I want to play this video for all of us. And I want to, I want to encourage you, talk with you, and, and just share something with you about hearing God's voice. And uh, Anna, on that note, if you if you'll cue up the video, um, I really think this is going to bless you. So whether you're listening or watching now, by the way, let me just preface this by saying this is a true story. This is a true story that just radically rocked this man's life. And it was not lost on him, the depth of what happens in this story. So Anna. Rolling, roll, let's roll in. Doing a lawsuit. We're way out in the Aleutian Islands, getting ready to leave and go back to Anchorage and then home. And I had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane. The pastor came up and he said, listen, I can save you money. I said, how's that? He said, I flew a small airplane up here and I fly a small airplane and I can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket. And this did not sound, I said, gee, thank you so very, very much. But I've got this ticket. We'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it. You got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front. I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up. And it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're going <laughs> to. And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently. And we start climbing. And it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes. And something happened that will never leave my mind. 
the pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? <laughs> now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head and he starts mumbling and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you got to wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that. Yes. He said, what are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello. Don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give it to me. I said, Tell, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you gotta understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out of range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage Emergency for you. And Anchorage Emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on, said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said, I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing. Nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm. Just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. You're going to make it. But listen to the voice. That's the key. They said, trust the voice. Do you realize your head is full of voices? And everybody in this world wants to talk to you. And everybody wants to be the controlling voice. And God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice. Finally, we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now, I'm going to line you up. He said, I'm going to bring you in right down the runway. 
And at the foot of the runway are some lights, and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is, stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to the voice. Then they put us in a motel room at about four in the morning. They knock at my door. And I open the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. I said, you're the voice. You're the one who got me home. He said, I am. Do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say, you were the voice. You're the voice that brought me home. If you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice, your head's full of voices. And then we wonder why kids crash and burn. We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through. A living sacrifice, holy. I don't know about you, but that just takes my breath away, the reality and the truth of that story. Um, I don't know where Temple Baptist Church is, but thank you for posting something that we will probably all teach from for the for the rest of at least my life, that's for sure. Um, and then as we, you know, came out of the video course, Bishop Garland continued talking about hearing God's voice and how, you know, how the Lord will freeze everything around you sometimes. You know, he, he mentioned like how he froze. He said, there's all this traffic around you. And it's like if God, if the air traffic controller didn't basically freeze all the traffic, the other air traffic, like they all had to circle. Now you got to stop because they would have all crashed into the this like wayward plane, you know, that was in trouble. And then I thought it was so crazy, you know, when he, he said, he literally said to him, okay, the lights look like a cross, follow the cross. That's the way home. And I'm like, I'm I'm so happy, first of all, that clearly this man, this attorney, is a believer. Cause like, like I think that the the enormity of this may have been lost on a lot of people. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you could be an unbeliever and miss that one. I think 
I think you could be blind, crippled and crazy and not miss it. But I didn't miss it. And so I wanted to play that for you guys and just sort of kind of get your thoughts on it and kind of on what God's, what hearing God's voice means to you, you know, and, you know, Boudreaux, since you're kind of just coming back from a missions trip, I know one of the things that always strikes me about your photos is that you're hanging out with kids who might be learning to hear God's voice for the first time in their lives, or they may be encountering you as a vessel of God's voice for the first time in their lives. And I think when we look at photos of people, we, um, we, mommy Barry official just wrote in, I prayed this morning to hear from God. Well, sister, I don't know if that struck you like it did me, but that is definitely hearing from God. Um, and you will. And I think what we forget is that if we ask him, he's faithful, you know, he will come through. I mean, I really felt like he was not going to come through. I felt like he wasn't speaking to me anymore, you know? And, and it's like, I think in that sort of getting my heart condition right before him, you know, and kind of going like, oh my gosh, how dare I? I come to you with five minutes to pray and, and ask that you speak. And when you don't, I go away upset or I go away without an answer and I just continue the struggle. And there was something about really realizing when the Holy, when, well, I guess, it, I mean, it was the Lord's voice. I don't speak on cue. Like, I mean, it just really blew my mind. Like how many times I expect the Lord to act on cue when what he really wants is a full-time 24-7 relationship with us in which we're in position always to hear his voice. I don't know. Boudreaux? Yeah, you know, I think it's, I love what you said, Cynthia, just at the beginning of you know, before we showed the video that I think people in our country, sometimes it's so hard for us to hear the Lord's voice because there's so many distractions. And um, when I was in India, you know, the believers there have such a clear picture of what our distractions here are here in the United States. Like they were talking about, like I had so many of the believers that were like, Man, you guys, because when you go to India, Cynthia, I know you've been to India, so you've seen it. There's literally idols that have been erected on every corner. There's people that are like temple, you know, worshipers, whatever, in the Hindu religion that are like assigned to those temples. And every time you're driving home somewhere, there's like drums going through the streets with people chanting and like an ox pulling a cart with one of the idols on it. And those are their, their distractions there. Right. But a lot of the believers were like, you guys have those same idols here in the U S and I'm, and at first I was like, we don't have things erected on every corner, but they're like, you guys do with your music, with your movies, with your social media. And in India, the enemy can, disguise himself as an idol to get people's eyes off of the Lord, you know, and people worship cows and all this other stuff. But here in the U S the enemy knows like, okay, Americans might not worship a cow or, you know, some of them do, but you know, or like an idol on a corner, but they will worship the image of themselves. You know, they will worship the image of themselves on social media, the image of a famous preacher, you know, the image of, 
you know, people in Hollywood or music or all these different things. And when I think of those things with us, like those things really drown out the voice of God in our lives. And I think one thing that was so special is that I always love when I go overseas specifically because I get to turn my phone off in the sense of like, I'm off social media, my phone's on airplane mode. And I really hear the Lord's voice so clearly because here we do have a lot of distractions, you know, but specifically, you know, there was this girl when I was in India, this is how like, I would say personal the Lord is who, you know, in, in India, you know, we, you know, when I was going to the schools, we went to the schools and we were like sharing with the girls, you know, just the gospel and, you know, just like all these things that we talk about right here in girl club. Right. And so many of these girls, as we talked about like gender identity, they, a lot of girls were like, Oh, we wish that we were a boy. And, but it wasn't an attraction issue. They were like, because if we were a boy, we would be more safe. And this one girl said something, she said, the only place a woman is safe is inside her mother's womb or in the grave because girls in India, especially if a girl's walking home from school, there's people that men that go by on bikes, touch them inappropriately drive off. If they're taking public transportation, they're molested. If they are at home, like just, Oh, it's just, it's so, it's so bad. It's so bad. And this girl at this school Um, and this is the thing too, is that it's a culture of where they don't talk about these things. They don't talk about sexual abuse. They don't talk about trauma and women are seen as like nothing in India, which is so sad. And there was this girl at the school as my friend was sharing her story of being Indian in India and how she was assaulted all these times in public. And for me sharing about my sexual abuse this girl comes up to us after crying and, sh- and, and in our talks, obviously we shared with them, you know, like God is a father who loves you. He wants to protect you. He has redeemed you, you know, just all of these things about who God is, as our father. And this girl comes up to us and she says, you know, I, like, I have never told anyone this, but, and she just began to tell us about how she was being sexually abused by her brother, her uncle, and like all these multiple oh, yeah. family members because they all live in community and we just begin to pour into her and speak to her. And of course, you know, we told the principal and all that stuff, but it was so crazy because she said, you know, I, I opened up to my mother once and I said, this was happening. And my mother told me to keep quiet because her father had died. And she said, there's no one to protect us. And this girl in a moment where she had prayed, God, do you hear me? God, do you see me? Her prayer was answered by two girls who were Indian. My friend and I going to her school and sharing with her our stories, how God not only heard us and redeemed us, but how he rescued us out of those situations and redeemed our stories. And I think that girl that day, she said that she had tried to attempt suicide many times to end her life because she felt like she no one saw her and heard her, but how God was so personal to send messengers to her school to share with her um, just about the redeeming love of Christ, you know? And I think that's often how the Lord works in our lives, you know, because you hear statistics of just all these different things that happen. But when that statistic becomes a story is when it becomes personal. And so 
just an encouragement to people is that even when the Lord asks you to speak something like Cynthia, what you said um, with that guy, like he asks us to speak something into someone's life because there's, um, there's, there's a soul, there's souls attached to our obedience. There's healing attached to our obedience. And um, the last thing I want to say is that, you know, there is this other school we went to and, There was this girl, same thing, man, same thing as we began, as we began to talk about abuse and sexual abuse. And I just saw her crying. And after, you know, we, you know, we were with the girls after our session was over, I pulled her aside and I was like, Hey, you know, I, you raised, cause I had the girls close their eyes. And I said, if you've been sexually abused, raise your hand. And she raised her hand. And I said, this really hit you deep, didn't it? And she said, yes. And she said that just two years earlier, she had been raped um, by multiple people and a couple different incidences. And it was so crazy because for her, it's something that's so common in India, like putting on your shoes, like every girl has experienced this, either sexual assault or rape. And for her to, and she just began to share with me and I just began to pray for her, you know, and encourage her. But same thing, this girl you know, it wasn't so much as me just sharing with the group, but it was also me pulling her aside and encouraging her and praying over her and ministering to her and giving her a hug. And she just wept in my arms as I prayed over her that sometimes the Lord's love is so tangible in that way that for this girl to again, have a messenger, not just go to her school and talk about it, but to pull her aside and just say, God sees that pain and to just minister to her in that moment, I think was really special, but yeah, I mean, that was like kind of a nutshell, but I think it's, it's important for us as we hear God's voice and as he asks us to minister to others that we do take those steps because there's more attached to our obedience than what we think. That, that is such a mic drop statement that you made, you know, um, there's, there's, souls attached to our obedience. I mean, that's really deep because in all honesty, you know, like I, we don't know what someone's struggling with. Like, you know, the guy who spoke to me in front of the hotel had no idea that I had been in my room totally struggling with, you know, with God not hearing my, with my, like with wanting God to talk to me you know, with wanting to hear God's voice, with feeling like he didn't see me or he he wasn't there for me. And, you know, what he did, like it helped me, you know, really helped me. And I think about the times during the day, just by virtue of the fact that we're believers who's supposed to have the love of Christ in us, like, Even that's a word for someone. Hey, hi. I just wanted to let you know that God loves you. Jesus loves you. He does see you. And just just even going with that and acting on that as you go through your day to one human being, you have no idea what gates of hell that might open or what bondage that might release someone from. And it's it's. We keep so much of the Lord locked inside of us for us that we forget that he loved us so that we could love. 
also. You know, he fills us up so that we can give also, you know, and it is really, it's really a trip to me, you know, just the last few days of, because he is, you know, when I look back at God's resume, he is always faithful. You know, he is, he's always faithful to draw near when I feel like I've drifted way out into the ocean of being able to feel his presence or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a place of pain or fear and worry and anxiety. And he's so faithful to kind of, you know, throw out that fishing line and reel me back in. But I, it's also not lost on me the importance of the lesson. There was something very significant in me making my heart right before God on this issue of hearing his voice before he would speak. And he did not speak specifically to the to what I was asking him for a you know for an answer to. He spoke generally to my whole life. You know, he spoke generally to, "Hey, look, this is what I have to say about you and the situations that have come against you and the future that I have for you and the plans that I have for you, which are good, you know, and this is what I need you to remember about me. And that was the answer, not just to the one thing that I was asking him for an answer about, but it was the answer to carry me through as a foundational thing. You know, he wants to speak to us we want the answer about whether he's going to pay the phone bill. You know, we want the answer about whether or not we should, you know, do we do we do do this financial decision or that financial decision? Do we, you know, stop doing that because of this? Because now, you know, in my own worldly wisdom, I look at things and I see uh, I see the need to change course or to do whatever. And he's kind of trying to answer. He's trying to an- answer us on a much bigger scale. You know, he's trying to remind us that he actually has our entire life, not just in his hands, but in view, you know, and I think it's just really important that we remember that. And Anna um, teed up Psalm 27. So I do want to be faithful before we finish today to read through it, because it's an answer for all of us to a lot of things, you know, Um Nove and Christine. Yeah. Christina. Yeah. I'm, What's the Lord I'm thinking, saying to you? I'm thinking so many thoughts because everything that was shared is just so heavy and so deep. And I think we've all felt the pain of not feeling like we're, we cannot hear from him. And I remember for the longest time in the earlier days of my walk with the Lord, I felt like God only spoke to the really, really holy, like super like mature people. So in the beginning of my, like, like in the babiness of my faith, there was a lot of shame and a lot of, oh, that could never happen to me, you know? And, and as like time went, went by and I, you know, broke through those mindsets, you know, I began to learn how the Lord spoke to me specifically, and it wasn't going to look the same as how I spoke to that person or that person or to you guys, you know, it's, it was very specific and very, um, yeah, just the way that I would understand him, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, as time progressed even more, you know, I think as you mature, there are seasons where it's like you're crying out for an answer. I need something. I need to know your word, your will for this season. It feels like in our little world, so much is on the line. Like you said, Cynthia, this big financial decision, this big thing, is it really my calling? Is it not? I mean, all the things that we go through and 
And it's so interesting that he likes to stay silent when we, when we're like clinging to this one answer, thinking it's going to change the rest of our life. And I so agree with you when it's like, when he does speak and it's, let me tell you, it's, it's never under duress. He's never like, Oh my gosh, Christina, like, I better like speak to her. It's like always in his perfect timing and in the perfect way through his word or through, uh, you know, another person often who I don't even know um, where he actually speaks the word. And I just so agree. It usually has to do with identity. It has to do with the bigger picture. He's like, I'm not worried about He's like all that other stuff is so small in comparison to who you are on the core and who I'm like calling you forth to be. All that stuff will get figured out. Right. right. But I like so like I so that resonates with me a lot as now as I'm older now, I can be like, okay, I'm freaking out about A, B, and C. But like you said, his track record is so clean. He has been faithful time and time again. And and it's amazing how those little pushes and those little those little swooshes of him just breathing identity on you, reminding you again who you are. It's amazing how that more than gets you through the next, you know, the the three decisions that you had to make. Um, but I do remember when I was younger before I surrendered to the Lord, because I'm a pastor's kid. So, like, I grew up in the church, but, like, I didn't really make it a real, like, decision for Christ until I was 20. And um, I just remember, like, being in, like, youth group and forced to be there. And, like, it was kind of charismatic. So, there, you know, the youth leaders were, like, praying in tongues and like, like praying for healing people's bodies and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there going so angry, just so angry being like, and I remember telling God, do something right now to prove that you're real to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, yes. I was like a terrorist. Yeah. Being like you must give in to my demands or else I won't believe in you. And I remember like later on and later on, I've heard like preachers say over and over again, God doesn't deal with terrorists. He does what he wants. He's not going to be like, you know, and, and, you know, of course we, we can like, we can like woo his heart and like, he's like ravished by us and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he's God, he's going to do things the way he wants to and say yeah. things the way he wants to because he, and to know that he's good and he knows what we need to hear and when and how, which is also, I love what Christina was saying about like, there's so much attached to our obedience like their souls attached to to our yes and to our like our weak yes and like our weak yes could be going to the grocery store and just asking someone about their day. Like I remember, I don't even know. Like I genuinely like co like complimented women on their nails because I was in a nail phase and like the way that they're that these women like lit up and like got ha like I I don't think we realize how much in the, those little bits of obedience that were actually shining, like making an, an impact and being yeah. the voice of God in a way that only they would understand or, yeah. or, or be able to receive, you know? And yeah. there's so many times that I've, I have had people tell me something who don't even know me that I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like only, and you see the intentionality of God in the way that he speaks. And I'm just, my mind is blown right now of how, his voice comes to us through each other. Like, like it's not, yeah. we cannot live outside of community, outside of obedience, yeah. outside of loving one another. Like that's, it's, I can't just sit in alone in a room and pray all day. Right. Like, like that's right. a very limited experience right. of God. Like I have to be like 
in community, well, in the with the people, you know, all that. So I had a lot of thoughts because there's a lot of really good stuff that I'm really nah, I'm good. Good. I want to hear them, but I not just to jump in on that point that you said. Like I was not going, I wasn't going to go to church Sunday because I knew we were going to get back in really late. And for some reason, I mentioned to this man because his spirit kind of reminded me of Bishop Garland. So I said to him, do you know who Bishop Garland is? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. He's a wonderful man of God. And I said, oh, he's speaking at our church tomorrow. And he said, that's great. You should go. Yeah. And then about five minutes later, he looked at me and he said, you go listen to Bishop Garland speak. You're supposed to go. And honestly, it was really that, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I just walked out of this hotel, walked right into this angel because God uses all of us as angels sometimes in the lives of other people. Christina, you just nailed it. Like he speaks to us and he uses us to speak also as his vessel. And if we'll just be obedient to say the words that come to mind, to love the, the, you know, to put love on others the way that he wants us to, then we would actually realize that we're impacting souls all day long. You know, we're saving other believers and we're saving people all day long you know, by our very life. And so I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, okay, this man, I'm going to listen because I know that this is God speaking to me through this man. And there must be more on what he has to say. And then of course he takes me into this service, which is literally affirming the whole thing that's just happened. And I realized though, so much like how our heart condition, you know, can separate us from hearing from him, how it made me think about how sin can separate us from the, from, from, from God's presence and how so many people are out there and they're living in sin and they're not able to hear God's voice. And it kind of made me feel like, wow, I have a lot of, of compassion for them, but it's had me really asking the Lord, like, what do you say to these people? You know, what do you even say to them? I mean, one of my best girlfriends in the world, in my life, she is a ride or die. I mean, like, we don't have to talk for a year. And if I pick up a phone and say, gee, (laughs) I need you at the corner of X and Y in an hour, she's dropping everything and she's showing up. That is my, that is my buddy. And she's very spiritual it's not necessarily Christ centered and her brother just went through a thing and has become her sister and she adores him and loves him. So she was right there with him. He's had surgery on top and bottom. And she was explaining to me how she took care of him medically. And, and, and I was listening to this and I, I mean, inside of me, it's like thunder going off. Like, because I don't really know what to say because the truth in that moment would have meant nothing. So I'm like, what is, how God, how, how does she ever really come to be Christ-centered now when she's going to feel like maybe that Jesus as the center of her life and her child's life is going to be against her brother that she loves so much. She's now her sister. And 
I mean, these are the situations I think that we as contemporary believers in the Western world are confronted with more than we know. This is where it is, you know, this is where it is. And how do we love? How do we speak the truth in love? And I just have to believe that there are certain ways that God wants to use us to bring his voice to others that are not about a single five-second conversation. They're about an investment of time and love into other people's lives and explanation and teaching and real growing. But it dawns on me that as the enemy distorts God's plan and God's creation more and more, it will, it, it will be harder for people to accept Christ more and more because the acceptance of truth means you have to look at things maybe even in your own family or in your own community or in your own church that are not right. And, you know, part of my book that I'm working on now is really interesting because I've wanted to call the book Sex, The Naked Truth, Seeking Purity in an Impure World. And I'm in a thing where my publishers are basically wanting to change the title of the book because advertisers don't want to deal with, you know, Christian advertisers and Christian radio stations. And, you know, they did a little sampling of 30 radio stations and, you know, only two of them were like, yeah, we would promote a book with the word sex in the title. And, you know, as I'm listening to them, I was like, oh my God, this is the problem. This is part of the problem with the church. Like, how can God's voice get through if our own shame and weirdness and awkwardness chooses silence over just getting it out of our mouths with truth? Young people in the church are having sex out of wedlock, period. They're being molested. Like Christina said, it's not just India, all over the world, Africa, Asia. There are countries all over the world where women are second-class citizens and they are there to be taken by fathers, uncles, brothers, men. I mean, they're just, they're like chattel. And I look at the Western world and I look at the sexual revolution and the feminist movement and the feminist movement is a failed experiment. There is nothing empowered about feminism today. Nothing, nothing. We're, and because of the sexual revolution, which kind of rose up at the same time, all we are as women is free to abuse ourselves the way men abuse us. That's the freedom we have today. And all of that really and truly plays into a very twisted male agenda. It's very self-serving to men that we're, we stand on social media, take our tops off and say, I'm empowered. Men can be naked. Why can't I? I mean, if I'm a man who's aware of what's really going on, I'm kind of sitting there going, oh, great. We got them right where we want them. And that's in the Western world because Western women are smart. So we've had to intellectualize sexual promiscuity as something that's for us, not against us. That's how that agenda has worked here. And you go to these other countries like India and these other countries, Christina, and all it is, it, it's just out there. It's straight. 
there is no empowerment in it. It's just sexual abuse, you know, and, and you see the pain of that sexual abuse with little girl after little girl who's like, yeah, the entire neighborhood just takes me when they want me. And I just feel like toilet paper. That's my life. That's where I get to start school. And it's like, I don't know, man. I just feel like those of us who are armed with the truth have to not care whether we get invited to the party anymore. We have to start to speak up for the truth. You know, you guys, this movie Sound of Freedom is like it literally beat Mission Impossible a couple of days in the last week. Like we've been really watching how it has climbed and tracked at the box office in movie theaters. And nobody wanted this movie to do well. Nobody wanted this movie to come out because it's blowing the lid off of childhood sex trafficking, you know, and, and, and I don't know. We need the voice of God more than ever, you know, no, I, I, I've, you've been, you've been quiet on the hour and I can always tell when you're just processing and listening, but I don't know if there's any wisdom you have, I'd love to hear. No, I, I think just, just hearing you all and listening to, you know, your your thoughts. I loved just hearing your testimony, um, both Christina's and I the the one line that kind of really kind of came through for me as we were listening, I don't know if I have it quite right, but it was like, Stay with me, I'll take you through. And I just can't help but think like I know I've had a lot of voices <laughs> this past couple months. We've had a lot of decisions and stuff and I have felt the voice of the enemy and I have um, tuned in to the voice of God and there's been a bit of a battle there, but I love that, you know, stay with me. Like I will get you through, I will help you land, but just stay focused. Like, don't look at the storm. Don't look at all this. Don't look at the storm around you. It's not going to make sense. Just keep your eyes on me. So, you know, I know we're kind of wrapping up and closing, but I, I, I think that is the encouragement there. I have lots of story to tell in, in the future of how God has been speaking to me and my family. And it's, there's some really fun, miraculous things, but just because I know we're winding down, it's just, I mean, let's just, Let's just stay with him and trust him and not get distracted. I think that's, um, as I sit here, just really relishing all of your wisdom and your perspective. That's what, that's what kind of is going to get me through this next week. Just stay. Mm. Yeah. 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 Because if you don't listen to my voice, you will die. It's crazy. Like, right. Um, Anna, can you put Psalm 27 up on screen I'd love, maybe we could each just, you know, read a chunk and close us out. Um, We closed out with some prayer last week, which was great, but I really feel led to read through this because I think this is, you know, really for all of us. Um, So I don't know, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll do, I'll do a few lines. Maybe uh, Christina Reynolds, you do a few lines. We'll go down the screen image. Nova, you do a few lines. Boudreaux, you do a few lines and we'll just kind of cycle back through it until we get to the end of it. How's that? You know, old school Bible study, uh, a way to do it. Um, So the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this, I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And, and now, now my head. Oh, oh sorry. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in your smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. There you have it. I just thought that was a beautiful reminder to all of us to wait, because that was really the last thing I said to the Lord after I repented of basically commanding him to speak on cue was, okay, God, I'll wait. I'll just wait on you if you want to speak. So as you go through your week this week, I just I do want to just kind of wrap up with this, you know, get your heart condition right so that he can speak. You know, make sure that you're willing to wait for him to speak and make sure that you're willing to just hear anything that reminds you that you're a child of his and that he sees you. Cause that's really, I think what we're asking for when we're praying for answers to specific stuff, we're basically just saying, aren't I your kid? Don't you want to take care of these bills? Don't you want me to know what to do? Don't you want me to make the right decisions? I really think it's, it's that. I really think we're just saying like mommy, daddy, you know, tell me something to make me feel good about the anxiety that I feel right now. And that's why I think then God doesn't often, sometimes he'll speak specifically to a situation, but I think more often than not, it's like you said, uh, Christina Reynolds, like he'll speak to our identity and he'll speak to who he is, you know, to remind you like, yo, check it out. Please go play out in the backyard. I got this, you know? <laughs> so anyway, ladies, I guess, uh, it is time to wrap up. Does anybody want to take us out in prayer? I feel like we should. We've got five minutes before we're at uh, the hour. And um, anybody feel led to kind of start prayer today? Nova. I'll close us up. Lord, yeah. thank you so much for my sisters all around the world. And 
um, these uh, three sitting here with us on the screen. Lord, thank you for the work that you are doing in us, that you are teaching us, that you never shame us, but you really want us to revel in um, hearing your voice, that that actually gets you fired up <laughs> and it, it fires us up, Lord, then we are attuned to you. And Lord, even when we have that conviction, it should feel so encouraging because you are going, hey, kiddo, keep your eyes on me and and stay focused. And Lord, that encourages me that you um, want to disrupt my my life, even when it feels really painful, um, because you love me and you love my sisters, my sisters here on screen and those listening all over. God, would you... Um, truly give us eyes to see and ears to hear. God, keep us attentive um, to your word, that your word would come alive in us and through us, that um, it would be nourishment for our bones. And God, I, I pray that as we go out into the world today, that we really would be Jesus with skin on to people and uh, that we would uh, let your voice be heard uh, through, through our voice. And Lord, so we say, have your way in us and um, God, bring as many people into your kingdom as, as possible through our lives that we say to you are surrendered. And uh, we love you, Jesus. And all my sisters said, amen. Amen. Oh, no. Thank you. I love the sound of your voice. <laughs> I love you guys. Love you guys. For all of you listening, for all of you watching, thank you for being a part of another girl club from Nova. Christina, Christina, myself, peace out. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.